you know what I love about this sound is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're looking people, and that's what we care about. Hello everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast, the longest running Luton Town podcast, and the only one that's gone from League 2 to the Premier League, and we will be discussing that very division on this episode of the podcast as we look ahead to Luton Town versus Burnley at Kenilworth Road on Tuesday night, 7.30 kickoff for those of you who are unsure, 7.30 not 7.45 or 8 o'clock like we've had. Before, I'm Kev, your regular host. Uh, once again, we're recording at the Hightown Club, so if you do get any background noise, uh, there is some entertainment on downstairs, but we're doing everything we can uh, to dampen all of that out. Joining me to preview this Burnley game, the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and town fan Dan Barrett-Davis. Gents, how are we? Feeling good. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Massive game. Yeah, huge. It is, absolutely. Looking forward to it. Um, James, I'll start with you then. Big game, as you just said. Is it not quite as big now that we've beaten Everton, or is it bigger because we've beaten Everton and we can really put some distance between ourselves and them? It's big in the sense of they're one of the teams we're going to have to beat, but because of that result against Everton, I think it's a must-win for Burnley, and it's just a must-not-lose for Luton because um, there's already a bit of daylight there. So um, it's a, it's a good position to be in, and considering the two games last season against Burnley yeah they ran away with the league but they didn't run away with it against Luton and I'm still scratching my head at how how they won that game at Kenilworth Road to be honest because they got absolutely battered um, and then at their place in the midst of a really right, indifferent poor start to the season under Nathan Jones went, went there and got a draw so they they didn't have it all their own way against Luton so um, yeah I think Luton have got their tails up and uh, it's going to be a good night as the Black Eyed Peas would say. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, like the musical taste for it. It's not just you that does music, James. I can do it as well. Um, Dan... From 10 years ago. It's longer than that, I think. Music's music, fellas. Um, the, other reason why a headline. the other reason why it's a big game, um, Dan, is because, I mean, obviously it's our game in hand. It's the game that we uh, had postponed from the... Second game of the season should have been the first home game of the season. Mm-hmm. But at the time of recording, we're recording this before the Chelsea, sorry, following the Chelsea game, obviously we're recording this uh, ahead of um, that Monday night football. At the time of recording, we can go level on points with Brentford who are in 13th. That might not be the case, obviously, at the time of Chelsea have beaten Fulham. But that kind of feels like significant because I think we've said all season long that there's a seven or eight team league that's going to play out at the bottom of the table. So if you get yourself level with 13th, you're basically level with second, if you like, in that in that sort of team, in that sort mm. of league, sorry. Nice position to be in. And what it would also do is, were we to win the game, it would just give us a free crack at Tottenham on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, what, what you want to do is build up a good run of results and... Having beaten Everton Saturday, playing Burnley at home is an ideal opportunity to do just that. They'll obviously be smarting from losing at Newcastle at the weekend and they're still looking for the first win. They'll fancy it. Um, but I think, you know, if we, we all know what uh, night games at the Kenny are like um, and we can use that to our advantage as it's been said a million times before before now. Um, that Our home performances... You know the atmosphere that the Kenny can produce 
does drive the players on and gives us that little bit edge against other teams that aren't quite so used to playing in packed grounds. Um, obviously, we've played Burnley a few times. They said that they've they've strengthened a bit like us as well. Um, they brought a lot of new players in, and I think they're still sort of finding their feet. Um, <clears throat> they seem to play all right football as well, from what I can gather. They they do try and play entertaining way, but it's not worked for them yet. So long may that continue as we're playing them Tuesday. Um, well, for Tuesday, I, I just hope they, they, they're just rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope they're rubbish and I hope we, yeah, obviously I hope we win it, but yeah, it could go either way, couldn't it really? Yeah, I hope three teams in this league are rubbish, but I thought Wolves were one of them and they went and beat Manchester City, so it uh, goes to show what this league's all about. James, Burnley seem to have got off the hook a little bit because we seem to have copped the brunt of everything, and I'm talking the outside noise here rather than internally, but this is a Burnley side that I believe, I checked this out the other day, have spent £57.6 million on players this season. Don't think that's net spend to be fair in case any Burnley fans come at me but they've still spent it and they've got one point to show for their efforts from their six games and yes again before Burnley come at me I know you've played Tottenham I know you've played Newcastle I know you've played Man United not that that's particularly strong right now Um, and you've played Manchester City as well but you've still only got one point to show for your 57.6 million that in itself is going to put a bit of pressure on as well isn't it I mean you know they're not I I know they've got American owners and I know they've got you know a few quid and, they, and they're having a go and obviously American football player JJ Watt's part of their um, ownership group but elite sports stars like him aren't going to invest in a football club and want to be attached to one that kind of flounders at the wrong end of a table so they're under a bit of pressure here Burnley and um, it's something that we can play on. Uh, yeah as a lot of teams are really I mean Sheffield United spent £18 million on Cameron Archer who was obviously a Luton target and yeah. uh, they haven't well, I mean, they've had a terrible week, haven't they? They've conceded ten goals in two games. So, um, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's not. It's not all about money. As much as Premier League commentators and pundits and fans and armchair supporters who've drunk the Kool Aid all want to tell you that if you don't spend the money, you're going to be in trouble. But this is not. How, this is not what Luton do anyway, um, and it hasn't been. It wasn't in the Championship, but it's not. Obviously, not going to be in the Premier League. So, um, it can't always be like that. And there's always going to be. Um, room for exceptions and I think Luton probably are going to be that exception because that's how they've managed the club Um, but in trying to sort of mix it with the Premier League if you like is what maybe Sheffield United and certainly Burnley have been set up to do because they brought in Vincent Company to try and play this Premier League brand of football then maybe that is that, that sees them come unstuck. Um, I mean, at the minute, it's it's early days, obviously, but it's that's kind of proven true. Luton are sitting out of the relegation zone, um, tails up, and the other two teams haven't got a, a win yet in the Premier League. And with this <laughs> game, <laughs> with this game against Luton, they've got this opportunity to really turn the screw on those, um, put even more daylight between those teams, and. Um, and I think they can do it. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that you mentioned Vincent Company and the style of football because obviously in the Championship last season, far too good for most teams, weren't it? Like you say, not necessarily too good for Luton, to be fair. They drew 1-1 at their place. But it's 1-0 with a penalty at our place. It wasn't like they battered us in any game. I mean, I know Burnley fans are going to go, but we beat you and 
drew against you. So it, results the, matter. The results obviously yeah. got them there, but there's nothing to be scared of uh, against Burnley. I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was it was too good for the championship, but I, I won't repeat who it was who told me this because that would be unfair. But I, I've spoken to a couple of people within our camp, and um, they were quite ha- quite comfortable that we might finish above Burnley this season purely because of that style of football. In terms of, they play a Premier League style of football, but ten or twelve teams in the Premier League play that style of football and they play it better. And they referenced last season in the FA Cup. They played in the FA Cup. They got right the way through to the quarterfinal, but they didn't play anyone of any note until they got to the quarterfinal. They got to the quarterfinal and ran into Manchester City and lost 6-0. Now, that's not necessarily an indictment on them, but it just goes to show that they're playing a style of football that everyone in this league is already playing, but they're already playing it to a higher level than Burnley, whereas we're not playing a style of football that the Premier League plays. We're playing Luton Town style of football that teams have got to adjust to. We're doing that kind of route that... Um, that Brentford did when they came in and were direct to Ivan Tony. that Fulham did when they were going up forward to Mitrovic. And we're not doing this fancy Dan tiki-taka 450 passes around the back before we get a forward pass or any, any of that nonsense. And just wonder if at some point, you know, they're going to have to change their way. But whilst they're doing that, we could kind of scoot clear playing the Luton Town way that we've been playing all this time. And actually... The Premier League aren't naturally suited to going up against it and dominating it. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know if I'm. I'm not sure that Burnley will try and change their ways. To be honest, I think they're very set and. But you would this. think if they get stranded at the bottom, it's either that or Vincent Company and Burnley say toodle pip. Something's got to give, hasn't it? At some point. Well, yeah, perhaps in that hypothetical, but they've played one way that's been very successful in the Championship, and they've come up to the. Premier League to try and replicate that way of football and and so far it's really not worked for them um that's not to say that they won't grow into it of course i mean they you, you don't win a title for for nothing you can't you can't talk about Luton coming up to the league and imposing themselves or imposing the game and not say that Burnley can't do it that's not the case i mean and and all three teams from last year um, the promoted teams all stayed up so there's there's hope but I think that they're sort of dedicated to this kind of way of playing football. And so it's going to be a very interesting game at Kenworth Road because it's, that's obviously a clash of styles. Um, and Burnley are used to having the ball. I think they average like 50% possession. Luton don't, 30 something, 36% possession. They're the Luton lowest <coughs> passes in the league, statistically. Um, uh, but they they create a lot of chances we well, have done in the last couple of games. So it's going to be a very interesting one. Um, but I think there are weaknesses to exploit in this Burnley side, um, particularly because they, I mean, the, the two games that I've really paid attention to are the, the, uh, the previous two, where they haven't pressed very much, particularly against Newcastle. Um, and albeit Almiron scored a worldie, but if you don't, press and you give people that that opportunity and that chance then um there's always something in it for for Luton and you know if they do that they I think they come unstuck at that kind of thread yeah uh, Dan James mentions the press and that that's an interesting <laughs> one because while, where Burnley might not press Luton are definitely going to press and um they do a lot of this passing around the back mm. and to be fair I, I'm not criticizing Burnley for doing it it was very very successful last season 
They were deserved winners of the championship. They won the championship by a landslide. They were the best team in the championship by far. However, as I said, in the Premier League, they're just literally moulding into a league where most teams do it. But eventually, we've, we're very good at timing it, aren't we? And catching people out with and winning the ball up high. And in the championship last season, when we won the ball up high, an awful lot of the times we created a chance and a shot on goal and you just kind of get, you just kind of wonder the, the way that the team's building both confidence and in front of our eyes that we might be catching this Burnley team at exactly the right time, both in their lowness of confidence or presumably lowness of confidence and our growing confidence. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I don't really know too much about, I haven't really watched a lot of them this year, um, but from what I can gather, they, like you say, they do like to have the ball. They, I think they try and dominate possession to try and dominate games, but if you can't, like we said in the Everton podcast, you know you can't put the ball in the back of the net. It's it's all pointless, really. Um, it's a nice idea, but it's like having a handbrake on a canoe. It's pointless. So, <laughs> just do you know what I mean? It's I've got loads of them. <laughs> Depends if you want the canoe to go anywhere. Well, I imagine, but. well you want it to go upwards, don't you? In, in uh, football terms, <laughs> but no. Um, but it. They're a good club, you know. They they, they try and they, they spent years under Sean Dyche playing a way that that got them out of trouble, largely uh, until they decided to stop backing him. Um, and with company, I think they want to try out something different. And you know, good luck to them. But you know, we 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 we're very good at the way we play, obviously. And I think we're quite good at adapting to different ways as well. Um, like if we need to press more, we'll press. If we feel like we don't necessarily need to, then we can just save that little bit of energy until, you know, we can force them into an error um, that they don't need to make. And you know, I, I think we're, we're quite good at adapting to certain situations as well. And perhaps they've been a bit guilty of not doing that. Um, but they, like you said, they have played some of the bigger teams mm. this year as well, and obviously got tanked by Spurs and and whatnot. Um, so it, I, th- I think their long-term plan is to stay in the Premier League, and they're certainly spending the money to try and do that. If you know that's the way you want to do things, and good luck to them. But you know, I, I just feel more confident with the fact that we're at home. We've just got a win as well. We've got the, that first dock off the back. You know, we've started to um, settle in nicely, a little bit quicker than what they have, and they'll see it as a game they can win. But I, and that's what makes it interesting because I think both teams see it as a as a game they can win. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, 20 million of that actually went on a goalkeeper who um probably going to have back problems the amount of times picking the ball out of the back of the net, to be fair. Only Sheffield <laughs> Very United, busy man. Only Sheffield United have conceded more goals than Burnley this season. They've played a game more and one of them they shipped eight. So uh, that kind of tells you a little bit about them defensively. And and I want to come on to that, actually, James, because we'll, we usually go through here, don't we, areas of strength or, or, or match-ups that we can exploit and we we successfully well it was obvious but we successfully identified Chio against Young in the Everton game and um, set pieces were big against Everton obviously both of the Luton goals came from set pieces and Burnley have conceded three goals from set pieces already this season only two teams have conceded more than Burnley from set pieces bearing in mind that everyone else apart from Luton Chelsea and Fulham at the time of recording have played a game more than Burnley Um that's got to be an area where, you know, we're looking at it. Doughty's delivery has been absolutely spot on recently. And um, 
that is that is the matchup, isn't it? Our set piece attacking against their their sort of poor quality defending, and, and just looking at them when I've seen them play, they do seem to have a lot of sort of smaller centre halves. You know, not coming up against a Tarkovsky or or a Branthwaite or a Kurzuma or, or someone of that ilk. So I can, I can see set pieces being a big thing on Tuesday night. I think they're a major weapon for Luton anyway. But if you've um really dominated in that area against an Everton side that are big and uh, I didn't think they would and uh, we spoke in the previous podcast about Carlton Morris how he's uh, won the most amount of aerial duels in the whole league um, I think it's definitely an area to exploit and also when you come and when you look at the two styles um, Burnley set up to play uh, have the ball as much as possible and play nice, attractive football to score. And it's worked very well for them. But Luton don't need the ball to win games. And they didn't all last season. And it proved so against Everton. Um, when you got that in your locker, you don't, there's no need to uh, feel downhearted if the other team has got the ball, which perhaps Burnley will. And I think they had the lion's share of the ball last time at Kenilworth Road in the Championship. So there's no reason to suggest that they wouldn't have it this time. But that's not a worry for Luton. If you if you reverse that and Luton are pressing them, closing them down, and yeah, maybe they have a lot of the ball and pass it around the back, but they're not really penetrating, then that, I would imagine, starts to play on Burnley's worst fears about what's happened so far in the season. Mm. And, and that's why I think that Luton's adaptability in that in that style is probably going to be more of a benefit than it is to Luton. Also, you've got the home advantage, which obviously we know about. It's always a big thing, and particularly after the weekend when everybody's so jubilant after the first Premier League win. Um, you know, like I say, I think it's it's definitely a, the pressure. I think is on Burnley in the sense that they haven't won. There'll be a home pressure and a home expectation, obviously. But I think it's a it's a must win for Burnley. And there's spaces there and opportunities for Luton to to exploit that. And I think um yeah, like you say, set piece is gonna be so very key. And if you've got a player like Doughty who's in the form that he's in at the moment, then yeah, you've got to really go for it in that sense. And you know, if they do and um, and they played like they did, against, they did against Everton, then I think Burnley are going to have a tough night. Yeah, if you've got Alfie Doughty in your fantasy team in this double game week, obviously you've already got an assist from him, and you might get more on um, Tuesday night, Dan. Um, mm. James just mentioned there the home advantage. I came into the Hightown Club to record this podcast about quarter past seven, and it was dark, so the floodlight's going to take full effect. There are new floodlights at Kenilworth Road. For those of you who have not seen, you'll see two more floodlights. Mm-hmm. Um Two more sets of floodlights, sorry, uh, for this game. Mm. Uh, we know how magical the place is under floodlights. Whereas against West Ham, we had to wait kind of until the second half, didn't we, for the sort of the night time to really kick in. And the game was kind of getting away from us at that point. This mm. time, it's going to be very much like the the, the real good ones uh, right from the start. Even the half seven kickoff is going to be dark, so we can create that that magical loot and atmosphere that can roll the boys on to uh, well, what we hope will be another three points. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I spoke about it earlier and it's been well documented, doesn't it? That the home advantage can make all the difference and especially at Kenilworth Road because of how tight and compact it is. Um, 
you literally don't get a minute on the ball. You've, you've got to use the ball well, you've got to move it around, you've got to keep doing that and you've got to maintain it for 90 minutes. But like, like we said, Bernie will look to dictate a lot of the play. And I, th- I can see it going a similar way to the Everton game where we had to withstand a lot of early pressure. Um, but I think it might be more to do with them just having the ball and passing it around and trying to wear us down, which is what I meant earlier about we don't need to press all the time. Um, sometimes we just go, well, yeah, have it, do nothing with it for 20 minutes and then we'll pop a chance. We'll, we'll, we'll create a chance, we'll force you into an error and make an make a opportunity. Um, I think that's pretty much how it will go, to be honest. I think if we can take those chances, we win the game. If we don't, then one of their opportunities will fly in. And that's that. But yeah, the, the Kenilworth Road, we all know what it's like. You know, many Burnley fans watching this, I'm sure, will will we'll have been to Kenilworth Road over the years as well and, and seen what it's like and how intimidating it can be and and whatnot and what we really have to make it you know, we we say it every week, we say it all the time. Rob Edwards says it all the time, we have to use it to our advantage. We can't stress that enough. We do, and I'm sure we will do. Um when you look at Burnley's statistics, they're a bloody hard side to get a read on, apart from the amount of possession that they have. Uh, and it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier in this podcast, that everything they do, teams in this league, an awful lot of teams in this league just do it better. But the one statistic that I thought was interesting, apart from the set pieces, one that we've just spoken about, James, 38% of their shots come from outside the box. So they can't. They obviously seem to have trouble getting into the opposition box with all this passing. <clears throat> Kind of, kind of suggests that they've got a lack of sort of, if not creativity in forward areas, a lack of potency in that forward area. Thirty-eight percent. I mean, if we round it up to forty percent, that's two in every five shots they have from outside the box. Just to put that into perspective, only Fulham at forty-three percent, Notts Forest at forty-one percent, and Bournemouth at thirty-nine percent, according to the Uscore.com statistics, are higher. So an awful lot of shots from outside the box. So first of all, that sounds like a good thing in terms of the fact that they might lack that clinical edge, if you like, and obviously four goals for the season, lowest scorers in the league, even lower than uh, than us, would suggest that. But it also says someone in the defence has got to be careful because when they're sort of 25, 30 yards out, don't switch off because there's a chance that a pot shot's going to come our way. I, I don't see that as a major issue at home. There's no way the Luton crowd are going to let Luton not close down in that, Area, yeah. And when you've got Nakamba in the form he was against Everton, and has actually Wolves as well, um, the amount of tackles he's put in, he's leading the league for the amount of tackles. I, I don't think that that worries me as much, and particularly the the fact that Pelly came in and, and did so well in that in that um, Lukonga role against Everton. Something that gives you confidence, then, rather than worry. It gives me confidence that they're not going to score a worldie touch one. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that's the, that's the that's the thing that you can't really legislate for, really. But you've got to try and not give them the opportunity to. Like I say, if you look on the reverse side, what the the, the amount the sheer amount of space that they afforded Newcastle to do the same, and they punished them, you would imagine that they would learn from that. Uh, in a sense, but that's something that I've no doubt that Luton will have spotted in their research about Burnley. And I don't think that that will be allowed. It will be, if they have to 
See, I don't remember um, Burnley having a great amount of chances the last time at, at Kenilworth Road, which is why everybody was... I think everybody was shocked at the at the defeat, but everybody recognised the performance. So from my memory, I think I even wrote about this, that there was a standing ovation from Kenilworth Road crowd. You don't usually get that from a defeat. That's how good they played, and it was just sort of a smash-and-grab penalty decision where Osho handled and... Um, they put it. They put it in from the spot. So nothing in those two games last season really worries me too much, and I don't think that they've added enough potency this season to be similarly worried. I just think that they will probably have a lot of the ball. It's just about what they, what Luton allow them to do with it. Because um, statistics can tell you anything. I mean, if they have like sort of average of fifty percent possession, but. If they're knocking it around the back, I mean, we saw West Ham do that. And Fulham, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's just about the areas of the pitch that they're having that possession. And at the minute, what's four goals um, this season? Doesn't suggest that they've they've added too much potency. Yep, four goals this season for Burnley, two of which came in a 5-2 defeat against um, Tottenham. So they weren't much used to them either. So uh, that certainly bodes well. Um, let's talk about some potential threats from Burnley. Uh, I mean, we usually look to all of the attacking threats, Dan, and mm-hmm. um, they'll have Lyle um, Foster back. For, I keep on thinking he's called Lyle Taylor. I don't know why I've got yeah, him. Yeah, I head. got confused um, when I was watching him the other week. Yeah, Lyle Foster, South African international. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's back from suspension. Um, if you did watch the Burnley game that was on telly on the Monday night football against Notts Forest, he's the bloke who got sent off in the last minute for elbowing one of the Forest defenders who, like every defender in this league, goes down like a sack of shit. Um, <laughs> But he did. He's back from a three-game ban. But the times that I've seen him, and I think he, I think he did actually score in that Tottenham game, if memory serves me right. He, the, the, the very fact that we're confusing him with Lyle Taylor would suggest that he's not the not a household name, and um, you know, he might, he's, he's their main striker, isn't he? But you yeah. know, if that's your main striker, you kind of kind of feel okay as a Luton fan, really. Mm. I'd be cautious about that because, you know, he's he's coming in. Presumably, he's a new signing. He's coming in. I'm not sure. I think he was country. there last season. I, I can't remember. Um, I think it's just one of those. You know, you, you're stepping up a league and you're still trying to bed in a little bit. We said it, and the last one about um, some of our players taking the time to settle in and get to grips with what we're facing now. Um, I think he probably falls into that category. I mean, he's, he's scored a couple of goals in all competitions already this season. Um, apart from elbowing people, you know, he, he, he hasn't. He's had three, three games where he's missed. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd still be wary. I don't. I don't think they they based a lot of their play on getting it to him so much, which is probably reflective of the results. Um, so yeah, I mean. I'll always be cautiously up, cautious about saying whether he's going to cause us problems or not. I think he will, but whether whether they'll be as problematic as Morris is to most centre halves, that's the beauty of it. Isn't it? We, we we just don't know. I suppose it's statistically a good, a good idea because of what Morris is, the stats that Morris is putting up, mm. and the fact that he. I mean, we've seen with our own eyes that he's sort of grown into this um, league, particularly in the last two games. Yeah. Um, and if you think about how long that's taken, well, I mean, it's not really long, but it took, took a handful of games. If Foster's been out for three, 
and you sort of lost the flow of how they play or or getting into the swing of it. So maybe some of his teammates would be ahead of him and he's not quite up to speed. And if that's the case, brilliant. Play him, start him. But um, there, there are those sorts of things to look at, whereas Morris has virtually played. Well, he didn't play every minute because he came off against Everton. But, you know, I mean, he played the bulk of the minutes for, for, for Luton and he had a tough start because he didn't have a sniff for three games. But now he's really looking a threat. Yeah, yes, yeah, uh, yeah. He signed in January. Um, Foster again. I was going to call him Taylor. I don't know what I've got on uh, Lyle Taylor. Um, that elbow is interesting because I've just got this feeling that Tom Lockyer is going to be in his chirping in his ear because you know what Tom's like. And then uh, oh, <laughs> he could he could hit the deck and come up and go, "Look at my eye." <laughs> <laughs> he could do. It. It just, it, you know, he's. If he's elbowing someone in the forest, you know, Tom's quite capable of uh, getting a reaction out of someone, isn't he? And that would be interesting uh, if he does that. James, the kind of player that everyone seems to rave about when it comes to Burnley is the youngster, uh, the Italian um, player who's shone at one of the age group World Cups, uh, Luca Cogliosho, um winger. Does seem to be quite exciting, actually, in the times that I've seen Burnley this season. But obviously, Raw being a youngster, and um, I think he predominantly operates on the left-hand side. So that's no bad thing. If he's got a bit of pace, he'll do well to outpace Kabore. I suppose or you could say on the other side, if he operates on the right-hand side, he'll do well to outpace Chio. In fact, he won't outpace Chio, will he? Uh, statistics prove that. But he's just someone that we need to keep an eye on. Yeah, anyone with a bit of pace, obviously. If, if they can... Um if they can counter, then that will that will be of benefit to them. But I, I don't think that that's their game, is it, counting? They want to try and dominate possession. Um, it's all very nice wanting to do that, but you've got to have the personnel to be able to do it. And so far they haven't. Let's hope they don't start against Luton to figure it out. But um, I would I would fancy um, Luton's wide players to keep anyone quiet at the moment. They're really on top form. Yeah. They are. That does seem like a favourable matchup for us, actually. Uh, and Dan, just alluding to what I said earlier about the amount of shots that they have from outside the box, mm. I guess Josh Brownhill would be another potential threat. He scored the goal up there. If it wasn't from outside the box, it was on the very edge of the box. So um, warning signs from last season with regards to him. He's been there a while, done the Premier League before, and um, would be a threat, you fancy. Uh, that is if he starts. I think Sander Berger and him kind of... Uh, swap sort of roles one plays one game the other plays the other game and so on but so it might be that it's Burgess time but Brownhill having scored against us last season would be a threat yeah definitely and um, just to show you up a little bit they both actually started on Saturday so <laughs> yeah I mean, be, I mean Brown, fair, Brownhill was, I was the captain from Liverpool at the time but yeah I mean Brown, Brownhill was the captain and like you say he's been there a couple of years now um, knows the Premier League played very well last year um, and he's always one that kind of sticks out for Burnley without sticking out. Do you know what I mean? He's not he's not everybody's first choice for the Premier League dream team, but he's a player that you could put in and know that he'll do a job. Um, and we've seen Sander Berg, what he can do. He's very tall, he's very physical, very good on the ball. Um, that, that'll be a big matchup for um, Marvellous, and I'd assume it'd be Pelly starting um, as well. So... Yeah, I, th- I think the midfield battle is going to be good. They, they, from what I can gather, they look like they they like to pack the middle. 
and get the ball into them areas as well. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be really interesting, and the midfield's going to have to stay really switched on, I think, because you know they they can hurt you if you allow them to. Yep, they can do. Uh, that's the kind of threats that we think Burnley are going to throw at us. Interestingly, Josh Cullen, the other midfielder at mm. Burnley, is a international teammate of Chio, so you'd like to think he's got the lowdown on him. Uh, let's talk about the Luton team. James, we are recording this podcast before Rob gives his press conference, <coughs> but we will, of course, include the audio from that shortly, so he may well have answered this question by the time you listen to this. But um, it's... I think we're working on the assumption that Reese Burke's a touch and go, given that he went off with a groin injury. They don't tend to wrap up in three days, do they? So are we looking at Mads to come in for him or are we looking for Mengi to come in for him? I think we're fine with Tom, aren't we? We'll, they'll get the swelling down on his eye in the three days. So we're assuming he'll start. But are you a Mads or Mengi for Burke, assuming that we do need to make that change? I mean, either either could play, but I'm just, I'm just quite fond of Mads at the moment. And I think um, the... Not fond enough to bring the old Danish stroke Southampton. Well, I got, them, yeah. I got pelters from it last time because everybody thought I was wearing a Southampton shirt. I didn't even know Southampton had robbed that shirt design. I mean, it was the greatest international shirts of all time. And they somehow made it worse. That's Southampton for you. But, um. make, make a lot of things worse. Yeah. Uh, Careful about making enemies of people, James. Oh, well, it's only Southampton, isn't it? But, <laughs> mind the gap, boys. Um, oh. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, just I, I, I think he's a, I think he's a, on the way to being a fan favourite anyway. But he's a, he's got he's got he's got a goal at Kenilworth Road, um, so there's that the only one in open play. Um. Well, he would certainly yeah, be a threat from set pieces as well, wouldn't he? I mean, Mengi, to be fair to him, still a threat himself. But I mean, Mads, as like you just said, he's proven to be, well, he's proven to be exactly that, and he scored a goal from across. So yeah, exactly, and. Um, you know he's played more minutes as well than Mengi. I think that might be a thing. Um, and he obviously came on first uh, for when Burke went off. So that suggests he's maybe slightly ahead of it. That's not to say that Mengi's not performed admirably in his two appearances, which um, I think it's safe to say he has, isn't he? And we, we featured him in the previous podcast. So um, there's just there's what in the one one position or the one area that Luton have a lot of strength in is the center backs and it's, yes. um I, I don't fear in the same vein I didn't fear last year that if one player is injured uh, you know we've got had some, two or three sometimes injured last season and whoever came in did an absolutely wonderful job and um it, it seems that way again um you know they've they've cut they're cutting down the amount of silly mistakes they've made in the last couple of games that's that's gone um and long may that continue um so you know everything says to me that they they're growing they're learning really quick in that that area um i i, I think it's normal to see, to to worry in those games where you you know the first game particularly get beaten 4-1 although it wasn't really a 4-1 game but to worry whether they, those players could get up to speed but got every confidence now in the last week that even longer than that, actually you know I mean certainly the last two games but longer than that because the improvements have been happening but the results haven't that that they are um, getting to grips with it um, and you know long may that continue as well absolutely yep um, Mads for 
Burke we think will be a change then. Do you see any other changes, Dan? Is there any other reasons to change anything else that you might see happening? Not really, unless Lockyer's eyes fell out. Um, yeah, it's but, gonna, I mean, they can sort boxers' eyes out in like... Yeah, I, I can't foresee him missing the game, to be honest with you, unless... Like I say, I mean, they were in on Sunday training as well. Um, so unless anything's come from from that and he knocks picked up in training I wouldn't foresee any changes as such um, I think it'd be pretty much the same squad the same players on the bench as well barring obviously um, I'd expect Anderson, Anderson to start uh, over Mengi and that's purely down to the fact that he's played the minutes and he's becoming a, a cult hero as, as James has said about him already um, and I just I, I I just think based on that, he will start at a menu, but I, I don't foresee any other changes at all. No, I don't think there's any reason to, unless unless they're thinking ahead of for Spurs and thinking, well, you know, we're, we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Maybe we do need to freshen up a little bit, but I, I honestly wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I, I don't I know. Be... I think I don't. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think yeah. they're changing a bit. I think if they're looking ahead, I mean, Saturday, yeah, they're going to so. want to win every game. They'll say that, but yeah, you're not expected to beat Spurs. So. No, we're not. We're not at all. Um, and it's not to say we can't, because it's, it's 11 against 11, isn't it? I mean, you're not expected to beat Spurs. No. But the overriding thing is, the Spurs game isn't our league game. Mm. Our league game's Burnley. You know, the bottom eight league. Mm. That's that's the league game. So even if you put everything into Tuesday, and you, you're not as competitive as you want to be on Saturday, if you get the three points on Tuesday, then that's fine. I'm not saying that we won't be competitive on Saturday, and we'll come to that after the Burnley game. But mm. yeah, this Burnley game's big. Big for both sides, but as James alluded to earlier, it's big for Burnley. Uh, you got our thoughts. We just think one change. Here's Rob in his pre-match press conference uh, clarifying the situation and just how uh, the mood in the camp is ahead of the game. We're okay. Obviously, we had a couple of knocks and uh, made two changes. We were forced into a couple of changes on the weekend, but both um, both Berkey and and locks uh, have come through today, so that's good news for us. They'll be they'll be okay. So no um, no fresh injury worries from the weekend. Um, so the squad will be the squad that it was from, from Saturday. Berkey just had a his groin was sore. Um, he's, he's, he's seen a few people over the last couple of days, yesterday and today, and um, he's all right. It is going to be sore. It's probably something we'll have to just manage for the next couple of weeks and next week or so get through to the international break and then we can get get a little bit of work into him but um, yeah it was just that groin area but he's he, he seen, he seen someone this morning he's okay he got sort of all clear he's just going to be a, bit, a little bit sore um, trained today no problem so that was a big plus he's been excellent you know he's a really good player and um, an important player for us as well so yeah, we we just got to make sure we manage him as well because we don't want to be losing him for a period of time because uh, he, what he does, he puts every ounce of it into everything every day. Sometimes you don't see a burke, he just oh, steady, you know, slow down because uh, someone's happy. Yeah, um, just chill out a little bit, Berkey, because uh, just manage yourself. But I'd rather be doing that and reining people in than having to kick people at the backside and get them working harder. Uh, it's just a really good pro and... Um, yeah, he's an important player for us. What, how many promoted teams come up and have 60% possession against Manchester United? They're a really good team. They've improved from last year. They dominated the game, last, uh, dominated the league last year. They were the best team by a country mile. And they've improved. They've been over 
100 million, I think, reportedly or whatever. They've, they've improved. Uh, Vincent's a brilliant manager, um, really good staff. They, they'll play who they see fit that, that you know, can win them the game and with, you know, whatever spaces they need to be able to put people in. They've got rapid players, good technical players, clever players, um, and they'll go with what they see fit to try and hurt us. We've probably had to adapt and change a little bit more. Um, that's been done quite quickly, quite recently, really. Last year, the way we played and the way we were able to um, to churn the wins out, we were able to sort of keep things quite similar and go again, lads, go again, go again. We were one of the stronger teams in the championship, so probably didn't have to change so much. This time, we probably have to adapt a little bit more. Every game gives us something different tactically to think about. We're clearly not one of the stronger teams this year in the Premier League, so we have to think a lot differently and... Um, you know, for every game, we're going to have to change and have a different game plan. Yep, that's the thoughts of Rob Edwards. And, um, well, our final thoughts then. Uh, James, what are you looking for? Uh, very much the same against Wolves. Get out fast, preferably get in front, which we were so unlucky not to do, but which we did do at Everton. Get that crowd behind us. And you kind of think the way Burnley are going, if they do concede the first goal, they might, if not crumble... The, the night might be uh, maybe a little bit more comfortable than what they have been so far? I think it's probably still too early for me in the season to suggest a massive cricket score. Um, I know, I'm not it, suggesting that, but oh, yeah, suggesting okay. if you get the first goal, you're kind of comfortable that we all go on a win the game. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely that. I think you highlighted in one of the previous podcasts, there's not a lot of real comebacks in this league, are there? I mean, it might be the, a draw comeback, but not a lot of teams that turn around... Um, after the first goal, I mean, it's always said in football, isn't it? That's most important. But well, I mean, if Man City can't do it against Wolves, then you know it's a trend that's not getting bucked very quickly. Well, yeah, exactly. So um, I think a fast start is just what everybody wants to see at Kenilworth Road, and if they can impose on that, impose that on Burnley, um, more the better. I, I, I get the feeling that they'll have more about them than Wolves did in that first twenty-five minutes. Um, They'll, but, they'll do well not to, won't they? Let's be fair. Yeah, I mean, uh, but it's all about if that happens, then and Luton are on top, then it's about taking the chances. And you know, perhaps previously, um, you know, certainly in the Bulls game, obviously with the twenty chances created and only the one goal uh, from a penalty, it, there was a question mark there, wasn't there? But the the game at Everton gives me much more confidence that the chances being created are better and that Luton are working on getting on taking those more clinically it seemed to be the case on at Goodison Park yeah uh, we, we, I mean pretty much every podcast we've done we've mentioned the improvement and the improvement was certainly there on Saturday as you could hear if you've listened to the Everton Review podcast we will finish this podcast off as we always do with our score predictions, uh, I think Dan went first last time, so I'll give the honour to you uh, for this one, James. Uh, Luton versus Burnley Tuesday night. How does it finish? Fair play for getting. He's the first person to, on the podcast to get a uh, correct score. I should get. Well, little, can we start a league? Yeah, we should. A little, yeah. a little bit, a little, little bit of paper just here behind my head uh, for everyone watching on YouTube. Uh, I've never won anything in my life, so I'll be. <laughs> so D- Dan's one up. Dan's one up. So the pressure's on, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't think it would be high scoring. I would love it if it is, but I do fancy uh, Luton's first clean sheet and I will go for 1-0.
you were informed, Dan. Got the got the correct score on Saturday. And um how does this one end? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I I think I'm gonna stick with what I said on Saturday, I'm going two one Luton. Just like there won't be loads of goals, as James said, and we know from the games last year they were pretty tight. Um but I just think that we get ahead and then we score and then I think they'll probably get one. But yeah, I, I, I just think I, I just think we've got enough about us to beat them. And I mean, with obviously with everything packed our way, it's a, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to build on Saturday and take that into Spurs on Saturday. I think we win 2-1. 1-0 for James, 2-1 for Dan and uh, I'm splitting the two. 2-0 for Luton in this game. Uh, Brave. Regular score at Kenilworth Road for wins in recent times uh, obviously 2-0 against Watford 2-0 against Sunderland and uh, you went 2-0 last time wasn't it was that your score 2-0 uh, I know I went 1-0 at Everton thank you no no it Wolves the home game yeah but that was Wolves wasn't it <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's my score until we get it then, then I'll change okay okay it's um, my theory then yeah so you're going for the same as well I've gone for the same as what I went for at Everton because it's, it's worked I mean, this negates the whole format point, lads, if you're just going to choose the same score every time. Well, I'm not doing the same score every time. I literally just said I did 1-0 for Everton. And I might, I was mightily delighted that half an hour into the game, it was up in smoke and uh, that was me done and dusted. And having picked 2-0, I will be mightily delighted if Luton have gone past that after half an hour of this game as well. So, uh, If it's not 2-1 on Tuesday, I'll change it. Oh. For the next one, um, and for the record, I was a bit peed off that Everton scored. No, you and, weren't. And put my well, no, I mean, <laughs> you, you take the win, but the fact my prediction was spot on, I'm happy with. But I'd have preferred two 0 and VAR. I'm surprised yeah. it's taken this long for you to even mention this uh, that you got it right. I'd, I'd have been celebrating that. I'm a very modest person. I thought <laughs> never too high, never too low. I thought That's someone me. in the Luton end went delirious when Everton scored the other day, and uh, it I just, just, definitely just remembered um, who and why it was. I didn't have money on it, so otherwise I would have been. <laughs> Should uh, have done. That is it for this episode of the podcast. Uh, our thanks to the High Town Club for putting us up. Uh, our thanks also to um, Liam Smith for all the images that went over the Rob Edwards press conference. Uh, we are unable to broadcast the press conferences in person, just the audio. So, um, Damn, Premier League broadcast rights. Thanks very much to Liam for providing us with those. Uh, thanks to Sean Grant and the Wolfgang for our intro music. And thanks also to Ed, Ed Smith. <laughs> thanks also to Ed Smith uh, Creative for our images and everything that you see on our set Um, if you're not already a member of the trust please do contemplate joining us as uh, we pointed out when we did the podcast with Wilco uh, the stronger our voice the stronger our relationship with the club can be and in turn the better our relationship between the supporters and the fans and the owners of the club will be and that is particularly important as we saw on Saturday at Everton where a club and their owners are not as committed and as united as what we are. It's still a great football club though. It is. Um, <laughs> you're, rowing, you're rowing back on this, aren't you, after the pelters you got. From. I like Everton. <laughs> yeah. 
You did say that, to be fair. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why I got pelters for that. Yeah, they, were, they after, weren't focused on that bit, were they? To be <laughs> fair, after they let us win on Saturday, I also like Everton. After they let I us win. Oh. But I didn't have a problem with them beforehand. Um, I'd never have. Uh, the link, anyway, <laughs> getting back on track. Yeah, the link track. to the uh, how to join the, uh, the trust is found uh, wherever it is that you've consumed this podcast. Uh, if uh, you can't see the link, www.lutontownsupporterstrust.com and you'll find all of the information on there. £10 for adults, £5 for concessions and there is the option of a lifetime membership for £100. As I say, hit that website link. All the details are on there. But until... Um, the next time, which we will be back to review what we hope will be a Luton win over Burnley. Thanks very much for watching or listening, and come on, you hatters. Can you believe it? We are yes! I love this town. I love this town. I love this, this town. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul. We're Luton.